Welcome to your Catholic Corner. Merry Christmas. I'm your show host, Julie South. Your Catholic Corner helps Catholics spiritually prepare for each Sunday's Mass starting midweek each week. You can listen to your Catholic Corner at yourcatholiccorner.com. Today, we're uncovering the biblical gems hidden in the books of the prophet Isaiah, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, Mark's Gospel. In Catholic Speak Liturgically, we're in the first week of Advent in Year B. To make it easier for you and for me to better understand the Bible, we'll have a look at what was going on at the time these passages were written. Because you can't apply 21st century context to something that's thousands of years old. We need some historical context. We'll listen to the passages and then I'll share my insights and reflections on what God might be asking of us here in today's 21st century digital world. But before that, a quick word about your Catholic Corner. Just in case this is your first time here, regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey, whether you've only just heard of that man called Jesus, you're new to Catholicism, or you're a cradle Catholic, my prayer is that your Catholic corner will help bring God's word to life in your heart through insights, reflections, and practical applications that help deepen your relationship with God. Every Thursday, we'll start preparing for Mass by uncovering the richness hidden in each Sunday's Bible readings, from Old Testament prophecies to Gospel parables. I invite you to join me and the parishioners of the Cathedral of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Hamilton, New Zealand, sponsors of Your Catholic Corner, so that together we can hear God's Word and echo Samuel. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Now, let's get back to today's show. Have you ever wondered about the church's liturgical calendar? Maybe not. For example, did you notice that we've just started a new church year? Did you also notice that this week's show started with different music? That's because we're now in the season of Advent. O Holy Night is what we'll have playing in the background while we're in the season of Advent and Christmas. Also, last week we were in year A and here we are now in year B. Why is that? Now, although it's easy to think that we're here and here we are in December and the church has changed years. Therefore, the new church year must kick off in December as well. Well, that's not quite how it works. In reality, the Catholic liturgical calendar doesn't start necessarily in December. That's just coincidental. It actually kicks off on the first Sunday of Advent, which is where we are now, which starts four Sundays before Christmas which usually occurs in December, but not always. As we know, Advent's a time to get ready and to look forward to the birth of Jesus. After all, Jesus is the reason for this season. December is linked to Advent and the liturgical year because Christmas, when we celebrate Christ's birth, happens on the 25th of December. Because the liturgical calendar goes through Christ's life beginning with his birth in December, 
That's why the liturgical year starts at Christmas. It then moves through different seasons like Lent, Easter and ordinary time. Each season has its own meaning and associated importance in the Catholic faith. Although this year we're starting Advent in December, sometimes it starts in November. Just like Lent and Easter, the days change from year to year, but with Advent, the the difference in the year to year is usually only a few days. The last time we celebrated the first Sunday at Advent in November was back in 2016, when it fell on Sunday the 27th of November. The next time it'll happen is in a couple of years, in 2025, when the first Sunday of Advent falls on Sunday the 30th of November. Also, because we're entering liturgical year B, it means that the majority of our gospel readings from this point on will be from Mark's Gospel. Year A, which we've just finished, were from Matthew. And liturgical year C will be reading from Luke's Gospel. And while we're talking about Gospels and years and changing liturgical seasons, John's Gospel is read at Easter and Lent each year. Here on this, or getting ready for this first Sunday of Advent, we're reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. We're continuing with Paul's letter to the Corinthians and Mark's gospel. What connects all of these passages together? Let's have a look. Firstly, they're all about the coming of the Messiah. We start off with the prophet Isaiah describing how God will have come to save his people. He says that God will be like a mighty warrior who will defeat their enemies and rescue them from their captivity. Next, in the first letter of, or the first letter of Paul's to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about how Jesus is the Messiah who's come to save us. He says that Jesus is the Son of God who has come to take away our sins and give us eternal life. And in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus tells his disciples to be prepared for his return. He says that he'll come back suddenly and unexpectedly and that we should always be ready for him. All three of these readings are about the coming of the Messiah in different ways. They all point to Jesus as the one who will save us. They're a reminder that we should always be prepared for his, for Jesus' return, and that we should live our lives always with his coming top of our minds. What's more, they all deal with the themes of faith, hope, and patience as Christians, you and me, as we await for the second coming of Jesus. Isaiah talks about longing for God to act. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, encourages the faithful to remain committed to their faith. And Mark talks of staying awake and alert. Going a little deeper, they also highlight the need for God's, God's grace and mercy. 
Isaiah pleads for God not to hide his face from his people. Paul wants the Corinthians to give thanks for God's grace. And Mark reminds us that we don't know when Christ will actually come again. All of them refer to the human condition of weakness and sinfulness contrasted with God's power and holiness. Isaiah talks about humanity being like unclean things. And Paul refers to the Corinthians and by default us here today as being weak and of little account without God's grace. Isn't that so true? These three passages call us Christians, you and me, to live our lives in prayer with faith and full of watchfulness as we await for Christ to return. Paul is urging us to pray without ceasing, while Mark tells us to be watchful, to be alert. Over the last few months on Your Catholic Corner, we've gotten to know the prophet Isaiah and Paul and the Corinthians. If this is your first time here, to find out about them, please visit yourcatholiccorner.com and look for episodes with passages from Isaiah and Paul's letter to the Corinthians in them. Today, though, let's have a look at Mark, because this is the first time we've met him in a while, three years plus or minus since the last time we were in year B, which was 2020. The New Testament Gospel of Mark is traditionally said to have been written by the Apostle Mark. However, modern scholars believe it was penned by an unknown author and maybe not Mark himself. But let's have a look at Mark. Mark was originally from Cyrene in modern-day Libya. He grew up, we think, we believe, in a devout family who, it's thought, owned the house where Jesus and the apostles gathered for the Last Supper. Some even believe his family, Mark's family, owned the Garden of Gethsemane. Mark was the cousin of Barnabas and accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey in 44 AD. However, he left them early on and returned to Jerusalem. This unfortunately caused a bit of friction between Paul and Barnabas. Mark still remained devoted to spreading the gospel. According to tradition, Mark became very close with Peter, who referred to him affectionately as my son. As Peter's travel companion and interpreter, Mark listened to his preaching, to Peter's preaching, and later wrote his gospel, the Gospel of Mark, based on Peter's account of Jesus' life. Around 62 AD, when Paul was imprisoned in Rome, Mark helped him. A few years later, Paul sent for Mark, saying, He is very useful in serving me. Legend has it that Mark brought Christianity to Alexandria and founded the church there, becoming its first bishop. Mark's preaching angered those still worshipping pagan gods, and he was martyred horribly by being dragged through the streets in 68 AD. Mark's feast is, or his feast day, is on April the 25th, which here in New Zealand is Anzac Day. 
825, his relics were brought to Venice, which adopted him as its patron saint. The Basilica of St. Mark was later built there in honour of Mark. With this as the backdrop of today's Gospel passage, let's now read all three passages from Isaiah, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and Mark's Gospel. First reading from the prophet Isaiah. You, Lord yourself, are our Father. Our Redeemer is your ancient name. Why, Lord, leave us to stray from your ways and harden our hearts against fearing you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your inheritance. Oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down. At your presence the mountains would melt. No ear has heard, no eye has seen any God, but you act like this for those who trust him. You guide those who act with integrity and keep your ways in mind. You were angry when we were sinners. We had long been rebels against you. We were all like men unclean. All that integrity of ours like filthy clothing. We have all withered like leaves and our sins blew us away like the wind. No one invoked your name or roused himself to catch hold of you. For you hid your face from us and gave us up to the power of our sins. And yet, Lord, you are our Father. We the clay, you the potter. We are all the work of your hands. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ send you grace and peace. I never stop thanking God for all the graces you have received through Jesus Christ. I thank him that you have been enriched in so many ways, especially in your teachers and preachers. The witness to Christ has indeed been strong among you, so that you will not be without any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit while you are waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, and he will keep you steady and without blame until the last day. The day our Lord Jesus Christ, because God by calling you has joined you to his Son, Jesus Christ, and God is faithful. A reading from the Holy Gospel of Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be on your guard, stay awake, because you never know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He has gone from home and left his servants in charge, each with his own task. And he has told the doorkeeper to stay awake. So stay awake, because you do not know when the master of the house is coming. Evening, midnight, cock crow, dawn. If he comes unexpectedly, he must not find you asleep. 
And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. What was God saying to you? Remember there's no right or wrong answer here because God speaks to each of us personally because he knows what's going on in our hearts. But let's have a look. Remember at the beginning we talked about some of the overarching themes or threads tying the three Bible passages together. The big theme was about being be, about being prepared for God, especially in the Gospel from Mark. But we've also got Paul encouraging the Corinthians to stay committed, awake and alert. Of course, tied in with that is the always requirement for us to be the recipient of God's grace and mercy. Isaiah pleads with God to not hide his face from his people. They're all about our human weakness and sinfulness contrasted with God's amazing holiness. All three of these passages call us Christians, you and me, to live our lives in prayer, with faith and full of watchfulness as we await for Christ to return. Okay, Julie, you might be thinking, how? Well, being prepared can can mean looking out for, going hunting for God. That could look something like, Isaiah might ask you to spend more time, or perhaps even some time, each day, reflecting on how God has been good to you. Yes, even when our days feel a bit like God was looking the other the other way, when nothing seems to go right in our lives. Even when we have days like that, actively and deliberately look for God. Recognize Him in your life, so you can be better prepared to meet Him when the time comes. Paul, now he might ask you to get more involved in parish life because he's about community. That means showing up to events, including Sunday Mass and other events when they're held. For example, in Hamilton, where I live, the Anglican and Catholic cathedrals have held combined Ash Wednesday and Advent Wednesday services since almost forever, a very long time. 20 years? I don't know, maybe much, much longer. When you attend services like these, they're absolutely beautiful and they give you the opportunity to connect with other spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ where you live. Maybe, now here's an idea, maybe you could even put your hand up to help. Fancy that. And Mark, if he were alive today, maybe he'd ask you to work on your spiritual stamina. Because he talked about from you never know when God is going to turn up. From dawn to dusk. That's my my paraphrasing. From cock crow to the end. And because Jesus may return tomorrow or in 10 years time or maybe 50 years time. That takes a lot of spiritual fortitude to remain alert and awake. So you need to start getting ready. And this means being more prayerful, having more honest conversations with God more often, doing more of what Jesus would do if he were alive today. I've said this many times, and I'll probably say it again many times. If being Christian were easy, 
everyone would be doing and living as Jesus would want them to live. It's not, though. Being Christian takes mental fortitude. It takes determination. It means surrendering. It means living life fully. Because, to paraphrase John in John 10.10, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus gave his life for us so that we may have life and live it to the full. Merry Christmas. Thank you for spending the last half an hour or so of your life with God, Isaiah, Paul, Mark and me. I pray that each of those men has been able to make the difference that God wishes for you today in their own way in your life. Thank you for getting this far. Can I ask you to do me a huge favor, please? If you enjoyed today's show, can you please help me spread God's word about your Catholic corner. All you have to do is tell your friends and family about this podcast so they can hopefully benefit as well. Letting them know is really easy. Just invite them to visit yourcatholiccorner.com where they can subscribe and follow the show from there. It's free. It doesn't cost anything at all. From me, thank you. If you'd like to have a poster put up on your parish's notice board or you'd like a QR code for your newsletter, please get in touch with me via yourcatholiccorner.com and I'll send you one to use as well. Wherever you are, I pray that God's glass of love overflows in your heart and your life and that when you're ready, you're able to accept God's invitation to you to join him to share in Holy Communion this week at your local parish. I also pray that you'll be able to hear God's words and say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And finally, I'd like to say thank you to the parishioners of the Cathedral of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Hamilton who helped me bring this podcast to you today. This is Julie South signing off. Until next week, peace be with you. God bless. Mm -hmm.